from the creators of Relevant Magazine, this is The Relevant Podcast. It's week of Friday, May the 4th, 2018, and it's the Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and here with me in our Orlando studio is Eddie Big Hat Koffold. I've been just sitting here since Wednesday. It's, uh, it's May the 4th, Eddie. May the, May the 4th be with you. Also with you. Thank you. We lift up our hearts. <laughs> Over there on the uh, ones and twos, our illustrious producer, my brother, Chandler Strang, Hello. in his new little producer window cage. Go ahead. Unplug that mic now. <laughs> on the Skype from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello. Hello. And all the way from Nashville, Tennessee, back from Vegas, <laughs> Miss Annie F. Downs. Got some stories. Happy Friday, gents. <laughs> I can't, we can't give you the full rundown of what right. happened in Vegas, but let's just say not all of it's going to be able to stay in Vegas. That's right. It's, uh, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of legal complications. National media attention. And I'm really going to miss that jumpsuit, so. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, if, you missed, uh, if you missed the show that we put out earlier this week, we are in a grand experiment with the relevant podcast for the month of May. Uh, we, we are We are playing with the idea of going to two shows a week. What we thought would happen would be that we take our normal two hours of content, kind of split it in half and do two hour long shows. But, but <laughs> our Wednesday show went super long. Um, sorry oh, about that. Guys. And apparently we just don't know how to uh, edit ourselves. We're going to so. dial it in. No restraint. We'll yeah. get it there. Yeah, we're, we're going to get it there. That's that's the Chandler plan. just said no restraint. <laughs> <laughs> that's his big frustration. Just pedal to the floor. <laughs> yeah. 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 Just need to a the floor. producer. Can produce. <laughs> like hold I, have, I have a gas pedal and an emergency brake. <laughs> sorry, I'm only using one. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm too funny. Hey, this week's uh, episode is brought to you by Bright Peak, uh, our partners, and bringing you the new love and money section at relevantmagazine.com. We're teaming up with Bright Peak throughout 2018 to bring you articles, videos, a new podcast, and more, all with the intention of helping you build a better relationship with money while also strengthening your relationship with your significant other. You're probably not surprised to hear that a quarter of millennials say anxiety related to financial stress has made them physically sick, or that two-thirds of college graduate millennials carry more than $27,000 in student loan debt. Bright Peak is passionate about helping couples reach their financial goals and pay down debt together. If you're looking to lower your balance but don't have the time or bandwidth to earn extra income, you should check out the Hack Your Debt Challenge, which is a five-day email challenge that helps you find extra money to put towards your debt. You can sign up for the challenge at brightpeak.com slash hack your debt. And an interesting post that Bright Peak did this week uh, in conjunction with Relevant is the dangers of gambling. Uh, just <laughs> one woman's story. Well, of- you, know, you notice Bright Peak sponsored <laughs> this episode. Yeah. This episode. No, right. I got a few episode. personal one phone calls Odyssey. from Mr. Bright and Mr. Peak. So. Yeah. Like, hey, you need to not do this. So, um, you know, again, uh, two episodes a week, grand experiment. The Wednesday episode every week is going to bring you in case you missed it and a a guest interview and the listener feedback. The Mm -hmm. Friday episode of the Rome podcast is going to bring you slices and singing another, (gasps) you know, interview segment or or a guest and then then the listener of the week. So Mm. uh, coming up later, uh, we don't have our normal uh, guest slot. It's it's what happens every two months. We are bringing you a behind the scenes look at the new issue of Relevant. Oh, yeah, magazine. 
kind of an audio tour. Uh, We have an exciting issue that's hitting newsstands this week. Uh, Aubrey Plaza is on the cover. So beautiful. Charlemagne the God is in the issue. Bree Newsom is in the issue. Uh, Beth Moore is in the issue. Uh, Rich Wilkerson Jr. is in the issue. Coin is in the issue. Ira Glass. Yeah. Ira Glass is in the issue. She would tell Edge of Four is in the issue. Yeah. Yeah. Annie, Ira and I are, we're BFFs. I mean, at this point, we've done two, count them, two interviews with each other. We exchange emails all the time. I mean, we're bouncing ideas off of each other. I'm just glad, you know, we can get him back in because we're buddies, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. We'll hear a clip from him coming up in the interactive (laughs) look at the new issue. We'll hear a clip from that. Yep. So that's coming up later. Um, But up first, slices. This is crazy. We're just going to jump right into it. No. No? no. Get to know you. Yes. I just need more joking. Can we do four hours of joking and then get into slices? I don't know. That's the producer. He's <laughs> behind the window. No, Please no, he's, do not yeah. do that. I mean, I can talk about one brief thing is yep. how <laughs> off mic earlier, Eddie and I, you know, Cameron was, because I feel like everyone, not everyone, but several of us were kind of salty coming into this this morning. Oh, we could come and record these. You know, I was salty. Ju- I was waiting at my house for an electrician all morning. Didn't show. And that's what me and Eddie had one common comment. How many of the contractors, because you've got a new, new, you've got bought a new home that, well, it's new to you, but it's an older home. Old crappy home that needs Mm -hmm. a lot of contractors. And so a lot of contractors are coming. Eddie and I had the same observation that I feel like at some point when you get your contractor's license, does the city give those, by the way? Is the city issuing the contractor's license? I don't know. Wherever you get that, they give you the license like laminated and they say, congratulations, you can go pick up your Dewalt indestructible CD player stereo boombox. <laughs> that's right. Preset to the local hard rock station. Yeah, that's right. Back. Just pick one up. Every contractor has to have yeah. one of these. If your stereo falls off the roof, it de- falls. It's got. It can hold like drinks in it. That's right. Every that's, that's, contractor oh, yeah. I've ever experienced has that. Thing. Oh yeah, right. and the big styrofoam cup from uh, Circle K. That's just right. Filled or, with yeah. Mountain Dew. The super and super old gold yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I, that's basically my house. If you go by there during the day right now, that's what you're going to experience. That's that a soundtrack what, of my life. That is what contracting yeah. is. Yeah. Oh yeah. The first time my kids. Uh, hold on, I can't really finish this sentence. <laughs> we were walking outside and taking the kids to school, and there was a song that had a pretty inappropriate word in it blaring because someone was putting up the fence. And they were like, what is that? I'm like, oh, cool. I guess this is how we break the ice on that word. I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I had a, a word situation. I Friday, Friday nights, I, I watched a movie with Cohen. We usually watch kids' movies and stuff. And I thought, he's grown up. Let's, 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 do, a, let's do a family movie. That's right. A family-friendly movie, not just a kid's movie. That's right. So he wanted to see Jumanji, the new one. Oh, sure. So, oh, so yeah. we watched it. Yeah, The Rock. Yeah. They're filthy with language. Really? For little really? kids. It's PG-13, I found out after oh, the fact. And it's because oh, of wow, language. Wow, wow. Why? It's a family-friendly movie that I should know. be for kids. It's funny. Why do we need to have random curse words throughout it to make it edgy? Why? I mean, did you have to explain them? We had to have conversations about the language. He knew that it was bad words, but he didn't. He's not really exposed to them. So we had to like talk about it. That's very yeah. interesting. Oh. Hey, that, I had the same experience. It wasn't with a word. It was like, you know, I was getting some subfloor replaced in a bathroom yeah. and the contractor was playing the band Puddle of Mud. And my son was like, what is this crap? And I was like, I know that th- that band used to be popular. Yeah. Puddle of Mud. I think the only people that I think <laughs> so wait, your little four-year-old said crap? I think, <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Yeah. I, 
I, I think I'm pretty sure that of the hundreds of thousands of albums that Puddle of Mud sold, yeah. most of them were sold to contractors <laughs> who have still have them in heavy rotation <laughs> on a hard work day. I mean, I can't even, I don't even know a song by Puddle of Mud. Is there a song you would, I should know? You well, would. you need to renovate your kitchen and then you'll know all your yeah. entire yeah. discography. The whole yeah. experience. I have a rental yeah. home. That's my problem. Yeah. All right. I feel yeah. good. We can do slices now. Okay, I feel good. like we did a little bit of this and a little yeah, bit of that. We got to have yeah, a little dance going. I thought we were going to go down. Jesse, I was ready for you to take us down the punny trail of uh, his electrician being late, like y'all were doing earlier. That's well, you can't recreate happening. the magic. No, I'm going to do it because the whole thing just turns into a it, power it, trip. It, yeah, it, oh, it was kind of a trip. Anyway, no. So. It's not no. like you can just switch it on and off, though. Anyway. Oh, no. Oh, God. <laughs> Jesse, All right. Go. Let's just Jesse. lighten this up a bit and move forward. Uh, so, yeah, I see that. Yeah. That one was <laughs> extremely good, and I know that many people lighten? quoted it. Yeah. Lighten? Really? That's what. I was all char- I was all charged yeah. up. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> See, that's a that's a fine one too. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. People are probably going to make whole Instagram posts out of that quote I have. That's They're right. Be, it's going to be like a whole thing. Kanye is going to probably tweet It'll about it. Yeah, I doubt yeah. that. Shine on the internet. No, shine. Annie. That's more reflection. Annie, I'm so embarrassed for you. <laughs> all right, <laughs> all right. Uh, <laughs> move the show along. It is time for slices. What do you have, Jesse? All right, well, this one comes uh, to us from uh, a church in Atlanta called Embassy Ch- Church. It's uh, Embassy Church International. Evidently, it's a very large mega church there. And they've made an, an announcement about the change to their worship services that has caused some controversy. They've, they, and I want to get, I want to get opinions around the table on this because I really have no opinions, but the more I think about it, the more I'm into it. So they're soon <laughs> going to incorporate aerialist into Sunday morning worship. So what? so an aerialist is like they hang like kind of these large like drape things from yeah. the ceiling. Yeah. Like Cirque du Soleil style. Right. And there's people out there doing interpretive tricks like gymnastic moves <laughs> during the worship service the and entire they, they time. They like roll themselves down and <laughs> they yeah, roll yeah, themselves yeah, back yeah. up. We know one person that's going back to church. It's Chandler. He was like, Chandler was like, <laughs> like what? Hold on. Out. That's cool. I pay good money to go see aerialists on the weekends. (laughs) You're telling me I can go on Sunday morning? I mean, that's basically, I mean, I'll be shocked. It's the next step in the charismatic worship experience. You had your shofars. You had yeah. your praise dancers. You had your flag wavers. Right. All that's left yeah. is ribbons hanging from the ceiling. It's hanging from the ceiling. You're right. So, You're so right. here, so it's it's gotten some. It's drawn some controversy. One blog that went per, uh, viral in response her, uh, was written by a woman named Anne Brock, who said uh, there has been a recent burden about our quote unquote worship services, uh, or it's they're becoming a burden in an attempt to compete with the world's presentations that have flooded the church with light stages and performances. I'm all for creative expression, but what happens when the production overshadows the praise? That seems like a legitimate concern, right? You but, can't overshadow I mean, that praise. No way. Yeah, that, exactly. That's like, going to enhance the, it. So, so, Eddie, because, but how far removed are we with like, uh, with aerialists to like blue man group stuff in worship? Oh, you know, like shooting rolls right. with toilet paper with leaf blowers and pipes and, and just whatever. In or do all we reality, Eddie, you're, uh, you've been involved in ministry. Does this bother you? I know it's kind of a ridiculous story. You've been involved story, in ministry, but- <laughs> meaning you're a professional pastor. What I think is funny too years. is like Annie actually preaches pretty regularly at a well-respected church. But I'll take the first question, and that I think it's there. <laughs> well, only only because your reaction. Oh, yeah. Well, because you know that I don't like it, and <laughs> I just am completely all burning and alive inside. Yeah, I mean, first of all, there's a, a few churches in town that have done this over the years, like Easter. 
there has been aerialists. There have been stomp type groups at the sure. pa- pageantry for yeah, a special. Sure. sure. Yeah, but yeah. it's like still Easter. It's like the one weekend a year that you know everybody's going to go to church that you don't have to advertise and we still that. crank it up. Oh, right. Like right. it's kind of like, yeah, okay. This but maybe may- they go on Easter because they know everything's going to be cranked to 11. You know, yeah, it's like, exactly. hey, right. yeah, I, I'm going for the good show. I am not Live surprised your life at, at 11, all. Man. And I think truly deep in my heart, I just hope that they really want people who would be not comfortable in a church setting to find some measure of comfort by this huge production. And then ultimately to be able to hear something that is real in my heart. That's Mm -hmm. what I want to happen in reality. Mm -hmm. I think it is a crazy use of tithe money. And I cannot imagine that a single mom who gave her Applebee shift money to the church last week was hoping to hire an aerialist. I don't know which one I believe. <laughs> or for. maybe they're not hired. Maybe it's volunteers. I'm sure volunteer there is. You can't yeah. let a volunteer hang from the ceiling. The aerialist uh, union is very intense, and <laughs> they do not work for free. A- a- Annie, what, what's your what's your take on the aerialist and the worship service? Yeah, I, I mean, I think it is a path we are going down. The aerialist path. I don't know. I think it's weird. I don't know. <laughs> the aerialist <laughs> path. I, I I mean, I don't have an issue. I I mean, I think it's I think it's funny and you know, like, but it's different. not supposed to be funny. That's the problem. It well, is I mean, funny. To, it's supposed to be beautiful, probably. And it is no. in Cirque du Soleil in Vegas. That stuff's beautiful. But there are a lot of elements to church though, that I think other people may find beautiful that don't resonate with me. So I also want to be like aware of that. Like this just may not be my cup of tea, but sure. some people may really style. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's differences artistic. in worship style or different yeah, designs like, and things like that. But at the end of the day, I think the goal of the sanctuary should be to turn your heart and mind and attention to the Lord, you know? So mm-hmm. like old cathedrals, you know, like, you know, there's a, there's a grandeur that would make you think about God. There's Bible stories in the stained glass. I mean, like historically, like the thing was that the focus was on the Lord or on scripture or on worship experience. Watching but do you feel a gymnast, like aerialists can offer that? I don't no, know. I don't can. know. Is it about the aerialists or is it about worship? But that would be an, my question. There's actually, there's an additional train of thought though that would say, and some churches would say that the time of that Sunday worship is to bring and to give us a taste and a presence of heaven on earth. Hmm. So we're going, hmm. so we are unabashedly making this as celebratory and as huge as we can imagine, because even the biggest thing we can do on a Sunday is yeah. pale in comparison to eternity. And so a church like That's that, a, a cathedral was built to give us a sense that we are actually in the presence of God, which was a lot about like what reformation was about was pushing back against this idea. And the church is supposed to be a different thing, but there are still a lot mm-hmm. of really good churches mm-hmm. that believe that. And so if we think of it in that context, like what will the grandeur and spectacle of heaven be like? It's probably pale in comparison even to an aerialist. Yeah. That being said, <laughs> I'm not down. Well, like, well the, the, the church said this on Instagram. They said, we endeavor to create a culture driven by creativity and the character of Christ. Like So so they, they, they want their whole experience to be driven by creativity. Like I said, I mean, it, it, I, I guess my other thing, too, is like there's such pushback on like the production element of worship, which I understand to a degree where some people are concerned about it becoming more of a spectacle right. and becoming more performance based and worshiping the experience instead of, you know, the, what should be the object of worship. I understand that criticism. But at the same time, I don't think that, you know, high production value is inherently wrong. Right. I, I think, I think, mm-hmm. you, I, I feel like I foregoing that, it just for the sake of foregoing it is, you know. Well, I mean, again, I, what's the point? Is it to draw, is it to praise the creator or, or to, you know, like draw attention to yourself? I mean, like, is, is you know. Well, there's also what's the just heart? this opportunity to show people art 
that will move them. You right. know, like that's a lot of times that's what paintings are about. And that's what songs are about is, right. you know, it's that Madeline Engel thing of having chaos or having cosmos in the chaos that every bit of art is sacred, whether it is specifically doing that or not. So I think I think it could be really beautiful and draw people towards, is, you know, God, to alleviate the concerns that he had about Ty Funny going, I volunteer. I want to let this church know that I'm f- <laughs> deeply rooted here in my community, but here in Virginia, but I have no opportunity to be an aerialist here. And if there's an opening, I get an audience, I will learn and I will move. And any oh church, gosh. the offers on the table, free aerialist. I'm just throwing it out there. That's my love language. <laughs> aerialist. Yeah. See, I don't know any churches that hire professional anything. I know you work, work behind the scenes and the worship band gets paid and all that. Oh, yeah. In my version of church, these are like, well, actually my church, these are volunteers who like get up there and do it for free. So these are two different some types of, of church. Some of them. No, I know that. Okay. Really? Guaranteed oh, oh, yeah. the drummer's paid. Oh, yeah. There's, I mean, yeah, oh, yeah Chandler, paid, you played at churches. Right. You always got paid, didn't right. you? Because yeah. the word that they don't use is stipend. So yes, you're right. They don't get paid. They're not on salary, but right. they're getting a little. I, I got yeah, in college. All, they yeah, they I briefly played at a Lutheran church, like guitar at a Lutheran church, and got it was like twenty bucks or something. But in college, you're like, man, twenty bucks is going to last me all if, week. If man. anybody, if anybody was there and has any picture or recollection of yeah. Jesse playing at your Lutheran okay. church, we will have Hold you on, on the I, show as I, a featured. Can guest. I tell you a thing that's for real? And I won't say the yeah. name. Okay, Jesse was in a band in college. That band has music on Spotify. No, <gasps> yeah. what? And I knew Jesse for 15 years before I knew this information. But last year... There's still a band? Mm -hmm. Like they've gone on with like since? Jesse, text me the name of the band. I won't say it out loud. Yeah, I want to know. I don't have any shame. (laughs) I mean, I don't have any shame. They might might not want association with me. But what we're saying, Jesse, band, and also stipend. That's what you're saying. So you're saying the aerialists will get a stipend. There's 10 bucks for flinging your body in the air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, all I'm saying is this. All I'm saying is this. If that's the concern about why not to hire these aerialists... I want to alleviate that. I have an open Craigslist ad and I have for years that says volunteer aerialist. <laughs> it has gotten the only response I've gotten are pretty weird and stuff. I didn't feel really comfortable responding to, but if a church would offer me the opportunity to just have an audience, I'm just throwing it out there. I, I'm, I'm pretty <laughs> firmly rooted here, but I've been trying to get this. Hey, no pun intended. I've been trying to get this aerialist career thing off the ground for a while now, and uh, I just need an opportunity. So every time you, know, you say aerialist, I hear apiarist. Like like you're like Why? you're into that, little plants. I, th- I, th- I, th- I think that's someone who studies apes. An ape oh. aerialist. <laughs> yes. You study rare diseases and yes. apes. It's yeah, a, at an apiary, which is a it's a big like a, a big primate a garden cage. with monkeys in it. A concubine of apes. Yeah. Oh, Cameron, this wow. is, or Chandler, this is the point where you tell us that we have to continue. Should we, should we let the people know a little behind the scenes? This is the editing magic. Yes. We just had a fire alarm in yes. the middle of slices. Eddie and I ha- and Chandler had to evacuate the building mm-hmm. and there were fire trucks running around. And Firemen walked really slowly into the building. Listen, something that Jesse and I discussed while y'all were gone is you left us in a way that we could have watched the studio burn. It's true. You guys were still on when we left. <laughs> yeah, we were still on. We were well, watching Eddie the whole and thing I, and then the Eddie lights and I went off. ran out, immediately ran out of the building and we're I'm, outside and everybody's looking around. They go, where's Chandler? And I, and toss, I said, I toss all my clothes <gasps> off in case they're burning. That's right. <laughs> Just as a preventative measure. I'm out there in my undies. Just yeah. said, where's Chandler? And I said, Oh, we left him in the little room. The handle was too hot. It's too hot. So, and, uh, and it was a little smoke, a little <laughs> foggy in there. I'm not sure if you've seen Backdraft. And yeah, I do a safety it. measure that they don't recommend this, but no. I try to like block off smoke is what I'm doing. But yeah. I run out of rooms during a fire and I 
shut the door and I yeah. lock it behind me and push right. stuff in front of me. If someone's in there, I'm sorry. Yeah. You should have moved faster. But That's what I'm saying. Yeah. 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 At this point, it's more of a Darwinism kind of thing. Yeah. If you survive the fire, That's then right. you kind of you deserve to move on. That's right. If yeah. you if we you just maybe yourself, need to set a protocol. If, if you trapped yourself in a little window windowless mm-hmm. room, yeah, you know that's on you. Yes, oh. yeah. that's right. <laughs> no. We just may need a little protocol for when there's an emergency and y'all leave us because I don't want to watch that stuff go yeah. down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I have a rule of life. If you're not slightly faster than me, then you de- you deserve to burn alive. And <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> gracious! This is that rule in action. It's as simple as that. I, I mean, like it's that a it's tough rule. It's a tough rule. Yeah, tough love. But I, but, I like you know. that what Annie wants us to do instead of her just clicking off her screen right. is to disconnect from Skype before we leave oh, the burning sure. building. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> she couldn't just say like, "Oh, I'll just turn off my my computer now." We or know just what? Hang up on That's her a end. strong That's really rebuttal possible. that I will adhere to. You're exactly right. I could be corrected, Eddie, and you're right. I could have literally hit stop on my Skype, and I didn't. <laughs> you just wanted to watch it. Well burn. done. All right. Uh, yeah. What do you have, Eddie? Well, we've talked uh, on previous shows, and we we kind of like have been speaking about this uh, Simpsons Apu controversy. Oh, yeah. we, if, if people missed the Wednesday episode of their own podcast, yeah. uh, the special edition. Uh, and in case you missed it, we had a little item about that. Yeah. So, so the yeah. brief recap is uh, it uh, there was a movie that came out, uh, I guess it was last year called The Problem with Apu, where they talk about uh, the producer and the, you know, the, the guy that hosts the show, he did the whole documentary, talks about, uh, you know, p- that Apu is really racist. Basically, that there is nobody who, like, an entire generation of people who are of Indian descent who are living in America and abroad have felt really uh, kind of uh, picked on by the Simpsons because this character has a, as he says, a voice that no one has a last name that no one has. It's a terrible portrayal, not to mention the fact that it's Hank Azaria. Who's the guy that does the voice. Who's a white guy. We talked about on the Wednesday show that Hank Azaria has said, and I think it was in, uh, in case you missed it has said like, I'll stop doing the voice of a poo. But in addition, this kind of momentum is building because it's sort of like the problem has been pointed out. The Simpsons responded very poorly on their show. They did sort of a a one-off dismissive dismissive line. People are not okay with that. They had a chance to fix it. They have not. Uh, Hank Azaria is saying, I will gladly move out of this role. But um, Adi Shankar, who is a um, a well-known producer, he is also, I believe, Indian, but he uh, he has done a lot of movies that are scary. But that's why I have not seen them. But he's done a he's produced and executive produced a lot of big movies, and he has thrown kind of thrown down the gauntlet in a very interesting way in a video announcement that was actually posted because his friend is Kanye West, and he posted this announcement video announcement on Kanye West's Twitter, which is just a strange left turn in this right. story that has nothing to do with it, other than it was the weirdest like. Hold on, why is this guy? Because he has a Twitter account, but he doesn't use it. He just gets other people to post his stuff. So he announces on Kanye West's Twitter that he is running a contest. You have the opportunity now. It is a fully open source contest to write a spec script for The Simpsons, and he is promising that he will get it made. He said either we will get uh, where basically you deal with the problem of a poo. Like you either wow. kill him off, write him off. Some, you do something to resolve this atrocity oh, wow. in the Simpsons universe. He says you have to use the full Simpsons canon of characters. This has to be a good script. This isn't like this. This isn't a joke. This has to be a really good Simpsons script. And he is saying that it'll get made. He said you got to deal with a poo in a way that subverts him, pivots him, in, uh, intelligently writes him out or evolves him in a way 
that uh, that takes a mean-spirited mockery and transforms him into a kernel of truth wrapped into a funny insight, a.k.a. actual satire. So he is crowdsourcing. It's called Crowdsourcing the Cure for the Simpsons, and it is free and open to anyone who wants to give it a shot. And he says, uh, if you don't have any experience with Indian culture in America, then you may not have the perspective and experience to write well on this topic. But he also says, go for it. If you think you can do it, go for it. So uh, I thought this was an interesting response. The reason he thought of this contest was that Kanye had tweeted, or I guess he was talking to Kanye, and Kanye gave him advice about this topic and said, well, what are you going to do about it? Kanye basically said, like, Stop complaining about it. Start fixing it. And this is his fix to the problem. So we very well may see either a crowdsourced version of The Simpsons that deals with it, or hopefully The Simpsons is really smart and latches onto this idea and makes the episode. But um, Jesse, I can't wait to see your spec script. I'm sure it will be wildly offensive. Well, this is what this is what uh, Jesse uh, his 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 approach to fixing like the worship experience <laughs> as well. Like yes. he just does aerialism. Pro bono, he just yeah. does it for free, right, just right. to show right. show what's possible. Yeah, and then you know, yeah. it, churches oddly, can latch onto it. And oddly, my skep, my spec script uh, involves a poo becoming an aerialist at a local church. Uh, it's, a pretty, it's a pivot no one saw coming. Right, challenges it's a lot a of really ideas. Ev- evolved character. Yeah, character. Yes. Yes. I don't know. Yes. Is it, yeah, it's kind of a lateral move at that point, but it's certainly an evolution. Yeah, I don't know. It's going forward. But. Hank Azaria famously married to Helen Hunt for one year, nineteen ninety nine to two thousand. Very really? famously, I would say yeah. that that was a almost everybody knows that. Yeah, people really. Well, I, that That's was when Matt about you was almost on. Everybody, because I, I didn't. Uh, I had a big crush on Helen Hunt. And, and did you uh, hate Azaria Hank Azaria? with just a oh, fiery yeah. venom. Yeah. Well, the, I huh. thought the Mad About You, uh, Paul, uh, I, th- I thought their their marriage was admirable. I liked, I liked their banter. I liked, I liked their... Were you upset about the series about finale? Oh, just, the series finale just absolutely destroyed the show. Just when I think you've... I really liked Mad About You. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, Can it was we like, still it watch it? Like Is it on goals. Netflix? Couple goals. I can't watch it. Uh, I don't know if it's on Netflix. I can't watch it because the finale... The finale just completely changed how you see the entire arc and of the show. For, for context, for people that don't remember, real quick, tell them what happened in the finale. I mean, they it turns out they got divorced. And so it's like I this this couple goal that you've invested years with, oh no, it just falls apart like everybody else. Not, yeah, not so mad about you. It was mad at you at that point. You think when the, yeah. oh, you think about when you're picking these slices, mm-hmm. where's this gonna go? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did not think this would ever get to the Mad About You finale. And I should have. I should have seen it you coming. Known better. But I thought, you know, maybe we're going to really dig into Kazaria. these aggressions against it's the Mad About You finale. But I'm glad we got yeah. there. You know, you know where they met? Uh, Hank Azaria and Helen Hunt on, on Mad About You. Wow. You can actually see did they? them Because he was the neighbor, right? That's right. Yeah, now that is a hot, hot take. That's right. <laughs> then they got married. Hot yeah. take. Wow. <laughs> so a poo, wow. everybody. All right. What do you have, Annie? Okay, so Eddie and I have this long-running conversation off podcast about Coke Ices because they are like my, what do you call them, Eddie? Slushies. Slurpees. 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 The 7-Eleven is the Slurpee. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. You know when it's going to be on your page with this. Nobody's with you. But go ahead. (laughs) What's going on? Watch. Okay, so (laughs) it is my favorite summer treat. I had to. It's an Icy. A Coke Icy. A Coke Icy. Yeah. Didn't you like fall in love with an Icy vendor at one point? She was famously married to uh, to him for one year, 1999-2000. For one year, we met on the set of Mad About You. Um, no, I it, there was a truck that went by <laughs> that was a Coke Icy truck, and mm-hmm. I asked if the driver was single. That was the extent of it. There's a Coke Icy truck? 
Yeah, that's how you know. Just patrols Nashville? Oh, just yeah. driving around? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coke, I see. So, it's playing Hank Williams out of the out of the big loudspeaker. <laughs> Everybody's yeah. really excited. I'm into all that. You play, you play Reba, and I'm I'm riding oh, along. Okay, here's your one chance, Fancy. <laughs> hey, listen, that's right. <laughs> I just saw a meme today where someone said, and it was Reba's face, and it said, "Here's your one chance, Fancy. Don't let May down." <laughs> oh boy, a retelling, a retelling good. of a meme. I love it. <laughs> you are the best. Nailed it. It still is funny. I don't care. It's still funny. Listen, here's my slice. There is a 7-Eleven in California that, and the reason I thought of this, Eddie, is because in 7-Elevens where the Slurpees are. That's right. It is their branded product. Right. So we really, we just didn't have time when I was in Florida last week. But next time I'm there, we we have talked at length, Eddie, you and I, about us having like a Slurpee off here and seeing... You if know, our, our, our office is on the second floor of a skyscraper there was literally, and there's a 7-Eleven directly below us. <gasps> yeah, you are 50 feet. I missed, feet, yeah. I was right above the Coke you Slurpees? Were, you were 50 feet from a Slurpee machine. It was like, it's like right there. As the crow flies. Yeah. Wow. Isn't the, that a metaphor of the crow of could fly through a floor. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that a metaphor? Okay. So anyway, <laughs> the 7-Eleven in California has, is having a problem with people loitering. And so they've started to play. Um, classical music and operas over the sound system in the 7-Eleven. And so people aren't loitering anymore. Apparently that's like a thing that stores do. I mean, you, you guys know that there's always music in the background of stores that's trying to make you have a pleasant experience. Yeah. But this 7-Eleven and all the ones that this one owner has plays opera music or really loud um, orchestras or the other option, which I have never heard this. I was going to see if y'all ever heard this, that they play like a mosquito sound when you're in a store and that'll well, keep people from loitering. Well, they, no, no, here's the thing about the mosquito. It's interesting you bring that up because I was actually listening to a podcast earlier this week where they're talking about the mosquito. It's a device that they operate on different frequencies and it's supposed to have a really annoying sound. And evidently you can buy these mosquito devices for like a thousand dollars. And for some of them, they say that only people between the ages of like 13 and 24 can hear it or whatever the age range is so that if you don't want young people around you can buy a mosquito that will specifically keep them out oh my gosh yeah that's crazy so that but i guess y'all aren't hearing that if y'all are right above one they're not doing that to y'all at the relevant offices I, i feel like if classical i feel like if classical music or something is playing i feel like i'm waiting in line for an amusement park ride like I'm at Bush Gardens or something. Like that's what I feel like if they're playing that type of music. It wouldn't make you leave. It wouldn't do what it's supposed to do. It would make you feel like you're happily standing in line. I don't. I don't think it would make me leave. If I'm if I'm if I have the intent of loitering, I'm loitering. I'm, I got one foot up against the wall. I got one foot up against the wall. I'm playing with my switchblade and I'm hanging. I'm hanging. You know. Now listen. I this is a funny thing that you bring up, Annie, because I and this is no joke. That there is a if I need to really like dig in and write something and really focus like if I have to like yeah. write a sermon, strangely, the only place I can go is Panera and I don't even like that restaurant, <laughs> but it's just the right amount of busy. It's the right amount of invisible and they play classical music fairly softly. And it's kind of like this good hum and you can get free refills on soda. I like, it's a thing. Cause I don't really even like, I mean, I hope Panera isn't listening, but I don't really love their food. I don't, it's just the place where if I have to really buckle down and I have three hours to finish a thing, I will get it done at Panera. Very recently though, they switched the music and now you walk in and it's like iron and wine and Kebmo and all of this, like what? just weird no, mix. It's supposed to be, supposed to be classical, classical music. Yeah. So they have done the opposite in that. Now I will not go to Panera and work anymore because they've gotten rid of the classical music. I can no longer loiter there. 
So I think it has the opposite effect. I feel like that's a very soothing 7-Eleven that I would love to steal stuff from. Right? <laughs> <laughs> love to go inside, pour myself a Slurpee, drink half of it, pour another one, grab a bazooka gum, pop it in my back pocket and be on my way. But don't you think that like, I mean, if you're determined to loiter, you can block it out. I mean, like think about the guy who drives the ice cream, ice cream truck. He's listening to that, that horrible tune yeah. all day, every day. Oh, yeah. He's fine. He's not psychotic. Yeah. You just turn to tune. You learn to tune it out. Anyhow, yeah. I'm sure they're still going to get loitered, but good for them for trying. <laughs> all right. That'll do it for slices. Stay tuned up next. Your look at the new issue of Relevant. To Phil Wickham, the song is "Till I Found You." At the beginning of the podcast, you heard Meg Myers with "Numb." Well, it is that time of year again. About every two months, we release the best magazine we've ever made, and that's actually true. <laughs> we we true. try. I mean, the, the, our philosophy the in here is the next one is the best one, and uh, lately, that's <laughs> actually been happening. It's <laughs> yeah. not just a slogan on a T-shirt. Um, uh, so it is our bi-monthly look at the brand new issue of Relevant. Uh, we have a little bit more of a multimedia experience for you to um, hear some of the people in the magazine, hear some of the bands, hear some of the uh, conversations that are in there. Um, and But before we get started, I want to tell you who's around the table. Now, I want to give credit where credit is due. We have an incredible editorial team, Kathy Pierre, Leslie Cruz, uh, Tyler Daswick, our managing editor, Andre Henry. Also, you know, led by uh, Jesse Carey, who's here. Welcome, Jesse. Thank you. Hello. Um, uh, on the Skype line from uh, Nashville, Tennessee, our, uh, one of our senior editors, Tyler Huckabee, is joining us. Hey, well, nice to be back, guys. Uh, we decided instead of bringing in uh, more of the editorial team, again, I gave a name dropped them. So, I mean, you know, they get credit. Uh, we decided to bring in the person who's responsible for how absolutely gorgeous this publication has been getting lately, our, our creative director, John David Harris. It's about time. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm saying. And I'll say this for the multimedia experience. Yeah. Uh, when you hear John David's voice, that's when you put your 3D glasses on. <laughs> so, it's very cool. It's very cool. This this 10-minute segment is costing us $12,000. So enjoy it. Brand new technology. Yeah. Groundbreaking. Groundbreaking. Um, if you haven't seen the newest show, Relevant, uh, we're really excited about it and um, would love for you to go check it out. You can find it on newsstands nationwide, but you can also go over to relevantmagazine.com and uh, you can view it there. There's a beautiful PDF flipper so you can actually see the print product right there on your screen um, if you're too cheap to get it um, mailed to you. You know, if, you know, for the you cheap know, people, we still want them to be able to be impacted the by the content. The word, not frugal. Yeah. Frugal. Frugal, there you go. Not, not, Okay. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm you listen to this free podcast. Right, right. We have rent and paychecks. We got, right. yeah, I mean, $2 you, a month. $2 a month. The least you could do. <laughs> right. Get some paper mailed to you. For you less go. than a cup of coffee yeah. a day. But hey, it's actually a really great issue. On the cover, I would say in the 15 years that we've been doing this, we've had a lot of stunning covers, a lot of great conversations. This might be my favorite 
cover photography we've ever had. Really? Aubrey Plaza is on the cover. Um, you know her from Parks and Rec, a number of movies, uh, her current series, Legion. Um, and we, we got to talk to her. Now, we got to talk to her, um, not just about her, you know, Legion and the, and the stuff she's doing or Parks and Rec even, but really um, the show that she's in um, is part of the representing or it kind of showcases or highlights the kind of cultural moment we're in dealing with mental health. Tyler, you're the one who spoke to Aubrey. Tell us a little bit about the the story. Oh man. Well, I, I, a fan of Parks and Rec, fan of Legion for sure. And, uh, and a fan of Aubrey Plaza. I was, I was excited for the conversation uh, because I think Legion, uh, Legion's one of the weirdest shows on TV and the way it uses um, some really avant-garde storytelling to explore the whole idea of of sanity, of mental and emotional health, of what we perceive as being real versus what's actually real, both in the world around us and inside of us, I think is just fascinating. It's probably the best depiction of mental health that that I've ever seen on television. And uh, and I I had like seen that myself. I'd seen that subtext. I wasn't sure how much of that was just me reading into it. So I was I loved that Aubrey was re- ready to go like right into it and dive right in. And she even opened up a little bit about her own like mental health struggles and how the show had kind of helped her come to terms with some of it. Uh, speaking of which, here's a little clip of Aubrey talking about just that. Yeah, I struggle like just as much as the next person with like anxiety and depression. And, you know, I have, a, I have a really hard time relaxing. Like I said, I'm really addicted to work. So in the in-between times I have, I have a hard time, you know, like kind of settling down and just, chilling out or whatever but but yeah i don't know it's just the simple simple things like just taking care of myself i guess um i tend to get really wrapped up in my in whatever character i'm playing and i kind of prioritize the work over everything else so sometimes my like health suffers um from that and so when i'm not you know when i'm not doing that i just try to really be gentle with myself and and just kind of do a lot of restorative things as much as I can. Tyler, one thing I loved about the piece too, real quick, is how what's happening in Hollywood parallels a lot what's happening in the church. You know, like oh, you yeah. have people like Kay Warren, you have Jamie Tchaikovsky, Dan Allender, you know, are leading a same type of movement to destigmatize mental health and to get real conversations going about it. That I feel like it was such a perfectly timed piece in conversation. And I, I love the, I, I feel like it's landing at a, at an important time. And I hope something that I'm really passionate about. I think that everybody on the editorial team, design team, I guess you let me know, JD is passionate <laughs> about is uh, getting to the point where we see mental health and emotional health as, as real and as tangible as we do physical health. And uh, hopefully this story can help move some of those conversations forward. That was the hope. And, and I'm glad Aubrey was able to, to be such a big part of it. JD's mm. just excited about, the opportunity to have stunning photography. Yes. Yes. Well, it's n- yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't expect design to understand these sorts of things. I, the scenes. I straddle, I, I straddle in between the church and state. I, I straddle yeah. design and editorial and I'll be in the editorial meetings and I'll hear their grand plans, great ideas, complex think pieces, all this kind of stuff. And then, and they're so excited about these ideas. And then, Design, it'll be design will get involved or it'll be handed to design. And it's like, guys, there are no, there's no way we can depict that com- complex idea visually. There's nothing. Not yeah, my nothing problem. Here. 
No. But I'll say this. Hey, I'll say this, though. I mean, this is a little preview <laughs> for next issue. JD, are we not willing to compromise? I blew up a story that's being handed off tomorrow. I blew it up because of a conversation with JD right. yesterday. Right. Is that not true, that JD? That is true. That's what I'm saying. So, like, that is true. We've been, before, there's been this great chasm between the two of you. Not the two of you, but the yeah. two of your departments. Yeah. Yes. Now yeah. we are building bridges of unity yep. and compromise right. and understanding. We, we, and we healing, talk and healing. now. It's Again, healing. Yeah. Not my problem. I come up with the ideas. It's Jenny's job to execute. <laughs> Thankfully, with somebody like Aubrey Plaza, it all comes together and there's a stunning photo shoot. So, oh, it's yeah. amazing. Yeah. It's really amazing. Yeah. Um, also, in the issue, uh, we'll hit some of the highlights. We're not going to go through everything. Uh, if you've been following uh, the Kanye meltdown on Twitter uh, in the last couple of weeks or a week especially, you will have seen the name Charlemagne the God. Charlemagne the God is the uh, ubiquitous uh, host of The Breakfast Club, one of the most influential shows, and he's probably one of the most influential people in hip-hop. And uh, he had a conversation with Kanye this week that happened right before the TMZ thing. I was so. going to say, how opportune was this interview? Because Charlemagne the God was trending on Twitter yesterday, the day like this it was our story was making the round. Yeah. So it was a good timing for yeah, us. Yeah, so Charlemagne's in there. If you don't know much about Charlemagne, what's so interesting about him is he's a believer. He's a Christian, and it's the, he's bringing uh, faith and deeper conversations to um, uh, hip-hop radio. And he's going to have you know, the most profane artist as a guest in the studio. And then the next day you have Carl Lentz or Brian Houston in the studio with them. And uh, he's, he's bringing Jesus to uh, hip hop. And it's really interesting to sit down and talk to him. Another one with great photography. Yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite interior spread. Seriously. Like, I mean, it's weird that, you know, we've put so much time and effort into the, content and the purpose and all that kind of stuff and when people look at the magazine like oh it looks great they don't you know they haven't read it yet right <laughs> this one is like one of those that'll get that reaction the magazine looks great jd well we're gonna get some more features that look awesome thanks to the great work of jd yeah the other thing that like i was torn about this is like there are several pieces in here that could have been covers if we would have held them for other issues yeah you know but i'm like no we just went all in here all in. I, they, I call this a heat check. Cameron knows that. When we have a story that's like Charlemagne or some of these other ones we're talking about that could be a cover, it's like, no, put them in there. Make the best issue here's we get this time. Here's, so. here's, you know, some people might relate to this. Like when you, if Jesse gets a tax refund check, you know, <laughs> he doesn't, he doesn't think, oh, I should put this into savings. He no, says, no, I'm no, buying no. the jet ski. Right. It's, right. You, you burn hot and fast. You go hard or not at all. And he, he gets, he gets all this great content. He's not going to, He's not going to be strategically wise and hold on to them no, to no, make sir. sure that the longevity of the magazine is in good standing. No, no, no. He didn't think about the future. Nah. We go out no. in a blaze of glory. That's I may be in crippling debt right now, but I got four <laughs> sea dudes in the backyard <laughs> that are just ready to party, man. <laughs> He doesn't live anywhere near water, but he has four seasons. I got him. I got him. Hey, uh, also in the issue, we we have a hard-hitting look at the opioid crisis um, that's happening in America right now. Yeah, so so this piece, I think we all wanted to talk about it because we wanted to, you know, we kind of realized this is, honestly, this is a pro-life issue. It's the number one killer of Americans under the age of 50. Right. Opioid uh, uh, related death. So like overdoses and liver disease and things like that calls from overdose, which is shocking. shocking. It, it, it's absolutely shocking. The number one this, killer of the relevant audience is. Yeah. 
Yeah, are these drugs. And so, you know, this piece actually went in an interesting direction. I don't want to give too much away, but we talked to somebody who was really on the front lines, who was the head uh, coroner in the state of New Hampshire for decades, Mm -hmm. which is the state hardest hit by the fentanyl. Um, They've had more fentanyl deaths per capita than any state in the country. And he's actually um, left his job and is actually now in ministry, uh, Christian ministry, um, and had a a fascinating perspective on the problem uh, that I think we're able to personalize it a little bit too i'll say this uh when when we in in design are, are working on stories like this we usually ask for what's a what's a compelling stat we want to show some infographics and all, and all this stuff and they were sending me stats and i was sending them back going no no no, you messed this up these numbers can't be right yeah and they're like no 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 that's the real stat and so i was like we all were stunned in building the simple little like stat pullouts and infographics just because of how like jaw dropping these numbers are. Yeah. Um, and the issue, our normal mix of culture and entertainment stuff. Uh, we, we talked to the band Frankie Cosmos. Here's a clip of their song apathy from the brand new album vessel. We also talked to Ira Glass in the issue. Uh, he's back. Um, he That's has right. a new movie. If you listen to Wednesday's uh, podcast, uh, we talked to uh, star Chiwetel Ejiofor, and uh, he is starring in Ira Glass's new film about Carlton Pearson. Um, uh, controversial film. It's out on Netflix now. But, uh, you know, uh, Jesse decided to hit up his old buddy Ira. Yeah, <laughs> me and Ira, you know, we corresponded a little bit after this. This this piece was a lot of fun because this piece has Chiwetel Ejiofor, Ira Glass, Carlton Pearson, and Rob Bell all in one piece. It yeah. was, this a was a tough piece of to edit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was a tough piece to edit because they all had such fascinating uh, perspectives on it. But I was pleased with how it came out. I feel we like it's an interesting We, we just narrative. got all the atheists and the heretics and, and, and non-believers, all, all in one to just put them all story. in one story. We, we, we didn't spread them out. We this loved time. every second of it. <laughs> Does y'all go over here to this story? <laughs> no, but but you know what's funny, Cameron, is like that tension is something that Ira talked about because he wanted to make a movie that would appeal to Christians, but he was actually really concerned that the topic of heresy would turn them off to it. But he he really made an effort to make this something that Christians would enjoy, no matter what their theology is. Well, here's a clip of Ira talking about exactly that. I would hope that people who who are evangelicals will be pleased by seeing us try to accurately document like life in the church. Like you just don't see that many movies that are mainstream movies that are just set in the church and everybody's in the church and everybody's religious and it's just taken as a given. Of course everybody believes. Of course you know, like, and then the question is just like, how do you believe and, and, and how do you get along with each other? And, um, my fear with the film is that evangelicals will know it's about Bishop Pearson and they'll feel like, well, I don't support what he stands for. And so I'm not going to see it. And, and, and that's my fear of what would happen. And my hope would be that they would come out and see it and realize like, it's not just a story about him. It's a story about everybody in the church. You know what I mean? Like it's a story, like what we're trying to do is make a story that happens in the church because we think there should be more stories in the church because yeah. it's such a huge part. Of, of life in this country and it just is not done enough yeah. and so that's a lot of the emphasis behind wanting to make this film it just seems like people don't 
try to capture real life in the church in the movies and on TV. And it's a shame because it's really interesting and it's so many people's lives. And, and it's crazy to me that it doesn't have more often. Also in the issue, um, Tyler, you wrote a piece on the Enneagram. I think if anybody's listened to our podcast over the years, especially when Shauna was on it, uh, we've talked about the Enneagram quite a few times. But the Enneagram probably is pretty misunderstood. People think of it as like a personality quiz or you know, it's um, a, a party trick to like identify people's types and stuff. The piece uh, goes a lot deeper than that. And um, you talked to some really interesting people about it. Yeah, it was actually uh, it was a piece that I've been wanting to write for a while because the the Enneagram had been it's been important in my own life, been important in my marriage. So delving into it a little bit, I kind of had and this is fun when this happens. I had one idea of what the piece would end up like when I started, and the more experts I talked to, the more I realized, like you said, Cameron, that it's just such a misunderstood. <laughs> Uh, paradigm. And uh, it's so often reduced to this BuzzFeed quiz of you're a two, three, and, and that's as far as people go with it. And getting being able to explore some of the misconceptions around it and how broad and, and deep the Enneagram really is was, was great. And I'm, I'm proud of the piece. The, uh, the design is good. <laughs> the design is good. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, we get tweeted at a lot of people saying, hey, what's a good place to start to kind of get into the Enneagram? Well, guess what, folks? This article. <laughs> it's a, a yeah. great place to start to get an overview. Um, and also there's resources and books and stuff mentioned for you to kind of go deeper uh, on your own journey. Uh, Tyler, what 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 is your Enneagram type? Oh, d- can you guess? Does anybody have enough of an Enneagram base to, <laughs> to hazard a guess? <sighs> I mean, are are you a th- are you a three? No, I'm not. I'm a nine. Oh, I'm a nine. Me too. You're, but not, nines can pass as anybody, though. That's like our secret weapon. Is yeah. we just gravitate towards whatever we feel like the, the room wants us to be. The, the most sinister of all the numbers. The chameleon. <laughs> <laughs> Never trust them. Yeah, Never you should hear Tyler. Tyler and I trying to. Um, work on a story we just keep uh, deferring to each other <laughs> oh we're like chasing each other around in little circles yeah. like whatever you think no whatever you think <laughs> nothing happens nothing happens oh that's funny um also in the issue we talked to one of our favorite bands coin here is a clip of their latest single growing pains I thought that was going to be about Mike Seaver. Yeah, well, I think it is. I think it is. I think, uh, <laughs> you got to really read into it there. Kurt Cameron is. Uh, it's a, they call him out pretty viciously in that song. It's, a, it's a takedown. It's it's a shot across the bow. Uh, <laughs> uh, we also talked to uh, worship band Passion. You know, you might have heard of Passion if you've been around our world for a little while. Uh, they have uh, a new album out. Here's a clip of their version of the ubiquitous hit "Reckless Love." We have pieces on um, reviving your career, about travel being the lost spiritual discipline. Um, uh, Rich Wilkerson Jr. Uh, from Miami is in the is in the issue, and we did a, a, a hard hitting piece called "Divided We Stand," um, and we talked to some of the Christian leaders that are finally starting to speak out about kind of what's happening 
right now. We talked to um, Bree Newsom. We talked to uh, Beth Moore, uh, uh, Russell Moore as well, and they're not related. And uh, and also Carl Lentz is in the piece. Here is uh, part of Carl uh, talking about what it's like when uh, you stick your neck out and the criticism that comes along with that. One of my strengths, I think, though, is knowing the pulse of controversy, knowing culture. So I feel like to remove myself from that, to be the guy who has no, follows no one, but has, you know, X amount of followers. Like, to me, I learned so much from critics, from people who are struggling, from people who don't get us, that I feel like I don't ever want to cut that part of me off because that's how I research. I think, you know, what's the view? Why does this person have this view? That's always my number one rule with criticism is make sure it's not true. Right. And then figure out where it's coming from. And then I'll do with it what I will. But yeah, I, I want to stay in touch with people. I don't want to become a professional Christian. I yeah. don't want to cut my cut my soul off because I think God is is graceful enough to be able to have you be in it and not let it affect you to the point where it's gripping your spirit. I mean, there are hard nights. I don't like, I never, never, ever want to get to the point where I don't feel it. And I don't care if it's something stupid or something serious. That's one of my favorite things to do is be able to talk to leaders who are making a difference. And uh, I love giving the mic to the people who <laughs> who need the mic, who deserve yeah. the mic. And like, hey, what they're saying, let's amplify that. Um, and that, that's what this piece really does. It's, a, it's a, obviously a tumultuous time in our country, but it's a tumultuous time in the church as well. If you, in my mind, are a little more fair-minded. And, yeah. uh, and uh, thankfully, there's some leaders that are finally starting to stand up. So, well, there's a lot more in the issue. I, I'm not going to even, <laughs> we, we're just getting started. Uh, go check it out. I think you'll yeah. like it. Yeah, uh, if, if you're not a cheapskate, you should get the print edition mailed to your house because it looks great on your coffee table. It looks excellent. And before before we go, I need to give one extra hat tip to JD, (laughs) who my favorite visual, you know, Cameron, you're talking about the great design, the beautiful photography. Mine is appears in front matter. And it's a very small piece about how Joyce Joyce Myers is now all about Christians getting tattoos. You know, JD (laughs) took the liberty of photoshopping (laughs) tattoos all over. And it's my favorite moment in the issue. So (laughs) if if I remember right, it was a last minute. It was like day of print. Like we had a spot. We needed it filled. We said, "Could we do this?" And JD said, "We can. We can do this. We can make this." It's, uh, it is actually a pretty flawless Photoshop job, and, and it, it's one of those things that I really hope we get angry letters about, like, yeah. like from Joyce Myers, from Joyce Myers yeah. and or her team. No, it's hilarious. It's really funny. Yeah, it's yeah. funny. It's so, funny. It's anyway, good great job, JD. Great job, guys. Uh, the, to the whole team. Uh, again, the new issue is out now. You can view the whole thing at relevantmagazine.com uh, for free if you're a cheapskate. But if you want to support the mag and support what we're doing here. You can head over there to the website and subscribe. It's only two bucks a month. Uh, we think you really like it. Uh, the magazine's at a lot of Barnes and Nobles and other newsstands nationwide. The newsstands are dying, so it's getting tougher and tougher to find it. But <laughs> most Barnes and Nobles have it. And if, if your local store doesn't have it, ask for it. That actually helps us uh, get it uh, widen the distribution. So ask for it. There you go. All right. Thanks, guys. Stay tuned. Up next, it's the Listener of the Week.
You're listening to Gang Gang Dance. The song is Lotus. Okay, so if you heard Wednesday's show, we're splitting things up. Wednesday, we're doing In Case You Missed It and a guest and listener feedback. On Friday's show, we're doing Slices, a guest segment, and the listener of the week. Yes. And, you know, we told you if you listen to Wednesday's show, we're shuffling things around in the studio. We, we just opened up a new audio mix room with a window. Chandler is off in his little cocoon over in there. He's not in the room with us anymore. And Love it. we are on our way to having the real studio set up. And I will tell you. Here's what happens. It's a complex thing. Yeah. I, jokes aside. There's, there's wires going through walls now. Yeah. And what we just discovered as we were about to start our segment and, and call our listener of the week and get everything ready is that wire got misplaced. So we can't <laughs> we can't quite get the listener of the week going on this week's episode. Yeah. So uh, what we want you to do is just envision that we uh-huh. have a witty banter, a repartee with with one of you yeah. right now for the next few minutes. Yeah, I'll say our listener of the week this week was Jada. We, she's listening. She's not on the show, but we'll just name her. Okay. And then we'll just move okay. on and yeah. have an actual person on next week. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Her, facts were, her facts were incredible. She witnessed yeah. both the first Wright Brothers flight and us landing on the moon <laughs> in one lifetime. In one was, lifetime. Uh, she can throw a football right in the numbers 70 yards. Wow. She's an unbelievable person. <laughs> wow. wow. What, what, what else? What, what was her third fact? Jada. Uh, her, 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 her third fact yeah. was uh, she once beat David Blaine in a street fight. See, I, I don't. Wow. I wanted the context. See, there. I thought, I I, I thought so we didn't pick the volunteer aerialist. Mm-mm. I thought, no, I no, thought no, that's no. who we picked. Well, I, I, I kind of felt threatened. I kind of felt threatened. Jada actually figured out yeah. a way also to do genetically modified corn in order to feed uh, underdeveloped nations. Oh, all her. <laughs> wow. So congratulations. Wow. Fantastic. You are also pop up shelters right for uh, refugees uh, that she, I saw that it's the size of a suitcase yeah. and it unfolds can sleep a family of eight. Yeah. Wow. She it's, is an incredible person. Yeah, and yeah. we were honored to and, have you listen to the show. And throws that football. I mean, let's not downplay that. I mean, it'll take your breath away. It'll take your breath away. You can be in a full sprint, sprint, look over your shoulders. It's right it's there. It's right, right in the, right yeah. in the bread basket. So congratulations, Jada. Glad you're our listener. All right. Well, on that note, well, you know, we did the grand experiment of trying to split into two. Pretty much worked. Yeah. Other did. than we had a super long Wednesday show and only two thirds of a Friday show. We're going to dial it in. Yeah. yeah we'll figure yeah. it out. We're going to figure it out. Yeah. yeah. We're, We're all learning. learning. Okay. We're learning together. Yeah. Tune in next week to see what happens. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, on that note, we'll wrap things up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Eddie Koffoltz. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Annie F. Downs. And I'm Chandler Strang. All right. We'll see you next Wednesday. Don't forget. for listening to The Relevant Podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. Check out other shows from The Relevant Podcast Network in the podcast section at relevantmagazine.com. And while you're there, browse exclusive podcast merchandise at our online store. Make sure to subscribe to Relevant Magazine. Info is available at relevantmagazine.com forward slash subscribe.
If I have the intent of loitering, I'm loitering. Relevant Podcast Network.